winner, winner, chicken dinner, Ronald C. Caps joining us here in the Freak Nation. And Ron, I'm having a tough time keeping up with not only your your wallies that you've won in the history of uh, Ronald C. Caps, but this whole call out thing in Indianapolis. I'm still trying to wrap my arms around this. You guys are calling out drivers to whoop their ass and so forth. Can you explain to the Freak Nation what the call out was for uh, the big go? Well, I think, oh, I'm sure NHRA wanted to stir things up. And, and obviously we know Street Outlaws has been such a popular show on TV that the whole call out thing, um, I think when they wanted to bring back these these all-star races, which were great when I came into Funny Car back in the day, the Big Bud shootout was such a such a big event to be a part of. I think they wanted to kind of stir it up and just change things. I think the call out became an idea, not realizing how cool it was going to end up being. <laughs> Honestly, they did dragsters. Their race started in Gainesville and they go Gainesville to Gainesville in points. And then they run their all-star race there. Funny cars traditionally, which is great. They had it in Indianapolis, which is where it's always been. And I, I've got to say the dragster guys were a little boring um, when they did their call out. We were all kind of shocked, <laughs> but funny car did not disappoint. And I, I was part of it, but man, when Robert Hike called out Tasca, as first pick, it sent us all back to the uh, the drawing board, and I was second pick, so I had to scramble, and and it definitely made things a little more inter- interesting, I think. Ron Caps, 71 Wallace, is that what you said, Ron? Yeah, nuts, huh? Yeah. Crazy. If you're never watching us on... Never thought I'd have one, let alone 71. <laughs> if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook Live, you'll see the Wallies behind Ron Caps, NHRA Funny Car Champion, multi-time winner joining us here in the Freak Nation. Now, you, you would call out these other funny car drivers depending on where you were seated in the standings or in qualifying. Well, what they did is this all-star race was based off of your qualifying points only throughout the year. So from Indy to Indy, how you qualified at each race, that that kept track of where you are, and only the top eight made it. So championship car like J.R. Todd didn't even make it in this thing. That's how tough it was. Oh, wow. So basically they went to number one, who was Robert Hyatt. And they said, you get first pick to call out any of the other seven. And then we were second in the points in the all-star event. We went next and then so on until number four and five were already, you know, picked by themselves. That, that's all that was left. So Robert did uh, have first choice. And then after first round was run low ET of first round, at the top end, they put us on a stage on, on live TV, and we were to call out for the next round based on the quickest car of the first round, which we ended up being, um, which was very cool. And then, of course, we called Tim Wilkerson out uh, to try and get retribution for him whooping our ass the year before at the U.S. Nationals on Monday. We got, we got wilked, basically. And I love Wilkerson. He's a great guy, a uh, big fan of his, but that was something we wanted to get back at. And then, of course, we went low ET first round, and I thought nobody better to call out than the GOAT, uh, John Forrest. And uh, apparently the crowd loved it as well. So that 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 kind of set everything up for us. You were mentioning earlier, Ron, how top fuelers were kind of boring. What would you do to change things to make? I mean, because you guys made the call out fun. What did they need to do to change things up a bit? I, I don't know. I, you know, years ago, we've had people come into our sport trying to trying to want our sport to create a little bit more drama. And the problem is the word create. I, I don't uh, I don't like the WWF take on trying to create a rivalry. I think there's enough going on in our sport that you don't have to try to create something that's as intense as, as NHRA drag racing. So, it, you know, I don't know if the dragster guys and girls um 
you know, his first time doing it. And I'm, I'm not sure that they just didn't, uh, they weren't into it as much, or I, I don't think, I don't think it created as much buzz. Um, naturally Robert calling Tasca Tasca came in as one of the hottest cars through the summer. Right. I think that in itself was kind of a throwdown without being said it's a throwdown. So I, I think it, it did it on its own without even creating this drama. Like all Robert had to do was say, I call out Bob Tasca and that's really all he did. So that in itself just was like, wow. I mean, Tasca, he should have seen the color of his skin. It just changed. He did not expect it, nor did anybody else backstage. And, all the drivers, we all looked at each other like, holy cow. And uh, so I, I think I think next year you're going to see dragsters change it up a little bit and maybe just start talking a little bit of crap, and, you know, kind of stirring it up maybe. You think they were afraid to get their feelings hurt, Ron? You guys drive yeah. cars at 330 <laughs> miles an hour. Oh, I don't want to upset Johnny Boy. Or I want to call somebody out that oh, I know my, I can beat. Yeah, excuse <laughs> me. So it's easy for you guys behind the microphone, right? Okay, so. <laughs> But here's the way I look at it and I approach it. I, I, I'm a firm believer in karma. And any race car driver will tell you, you the, the minute that you talk crap about somebody in any type of motorsports, any type, or football or baseball, whatever it might be, it's locker room material, right? So if you want to call somebody out um, and you're not prepared, all you're doing is say either you're either going to do the right thing and win or you're going to completely set yourself up for um for going down and I, I i just it's a fine line to walk it's fun to talk a little crap and maybe you know i don't know it, it's so it's so tough as a race car driver because you you don't want to you don't want to call anybody out and create any bad karma on your own or any bad juju i guess <laughs> well it's tough on athletes in general we're talking to ron caps indie double up from double up winner from the big go finally getting himself a wally from indianapolis the us nationals it's athletes in general and where have we why have we gone this way as a society that we have to have certain drama like you said earlier it's creating it why do we need to create it motorsports is the original extreme sport nascar put a a playoff and then nhra followed to create more drama in their series and there's there's lucky dogs in nascar why do we always feel like we have to play catch up when the sport itself should sell itself yeah and and that's a perfect case is the funny car it just sold itself like i said robert starting off that that way and calling out one of the hottest cars in, in the division at the moment or at that time. Um, but look, you go back to, you go back to Bill Lambeer, right? Detroit Pistons. I mean, he talked crap and that created so much excitement that you wanted to watch that game. Um, you know, you get some NASCAR guys that really talk a lot of crap and all of a sudden you're going to tune in to, to maybe see them not do so well. I mean, it, it's, it is society and that's the way things are. I always cheered for the underdog, you know, the David and Goliath matchups when I was a kid, you know, the Ormsby or Bernstein or Snake or whoever. And when they pulled up a Pomona and I was a kid and there was Diamond Dave and the little dragster racing them with no budget, um, you wanted to see that little car beat that big sponsored car. But now I'm on the other side of it. Now I'm Goliath with the big sponsors and the big budget team. So it, it goes both ways. Same thing with winning. You, you know, everybody loves a winner, right? I love a winner. Fans love a winner. But you start winning and all of a sudden, okay, that's enough. You're winning a little bit too much. So, you know, it, it, it's always happened throughout whatever it is, motorsports, stick and ball, whatever it might be. So, you know, it's just part of, like you said, society, I think. 
Ron Caps, my F1 buddy. We haven't, <laughs> we haven't talked in a while about F1. Uh, you won the uh, U.S. Nationals. You won the call-out that we've been talking about. You got your own team. You're winning championships now after they get rid of the race of champions. And, <laughs> and now <laughs> I'm going to ask you something about F1. Out of all of that, we haven't talked about Abu Dhabi. I'm sure you heard about it. I, I, what do you think? I can't get it out of my head, especially after last weekend when uh, they followed the rules and Red Bull won. They cheated in Abu Dhabi and Red Bull won. Gee, I wonder where you fit in on this, Bill. You know, I'm very obvious where I stand. Where do you stand, Ron Caps? Oh, I stopped getting that emotional about Formula One several years ago. It just, it's so political, you know, it's fun to watch, but it's, uh, again, like last weekend, it was, uh, you know, it was so predictable when things start going like that. It was fun watching the season, how things have changed so much from, from Mercedes a couple of years ago and all that. But yeah, all these weird rules and, and things It just, sometimes you, I, I used to get so upset like you, I would yell at the TV and I'd be down at my, <laughs> And downstairs at 4.30 in the morning watching it live. And my wife would come down like, what are you yelling at? And so I just, I for my blood pressure stake, I just stopped worrying so much about all that and just kind of let it go. So there you and go. All, all of that's legitimate. Uh, you know, I became a fan a couple of years ago and treated it like a fan. I was always a fan and aware, but I started treating it like a fan. And, you know, stuff went crazy and I'm trying to withdraw from it now, so, <laughs> but it's hard. You know, you keep, you keep wanting that fix, you know, you want to fi fi figure out what's going on. To me, it's like boxing, professional boxing. You, you watch, sometimes you go, you know, I'm going to try, I'm going to give boxing a chance. You know, I'm a big UFC fan. You guys are as well. And you're like, okay, there's a big boxing match coming up. I'm going to give it a chance. And then it's complete, you know, you watch it and you go, how is that? happen why is the corruption still there obviously one guy won and there's this big if or you know money flying around and you go okay i gave it a chance and boxing's back to where it was so same thing with boxing i don't get too excited about that formula one i watch it sometimes you'll see somebody else get up there and win and but yeah it's too predictable and it's too political Maybe I should have been calling you more. We used to talk all the time. I know. Maybe I kept you excited and I stopped <laughs> calling you and you said, screw that, you know? So let's get back to drag racing. Ron Caps, you got your own team. You're winning with your own team. I bet you're popping your collar a little bit now that you are finding some success and you're the man at the top of the food chain. It's still hard for me to believe. I mean, it's, things happened so fast at the end of last year. And I've said it before, you could not have scripted it, even in a Hollywood movie, better than me throwing, you know, all I did was I, I knew that I wanted to try something different in September of last year. And I told Don Schumacher, I was a free agent. I wasn't coming back. And I said, I need to try to be a team owner. This is, I had a weird moment, uh, as did a lot of people during the pandemic, that was one of those gotcha moments where I said, you know what, it, it was life changing. and I decided I'm going to make that jump to try to be a team owner. And all this was going on, all this white noise was going on through our playoffs last year. And to have at the last minute Napa come on board and say, we want to stick with you um, because they were going to leave drag racing. Um, and, and if all that happened and then 
comes Pomona and we win the world championship. And you could not have scripted that whole scenario, but that, that off season of December and January were the most craziness I've ever been through in my life. And here I am. So when you ask me, it's reminded me that I'm a team owner. I actually forget a lot of times other than all the paperwork and stuff that we do in between races that I never had to worry about, right? I always worried about my helmet and what color shield, if it was going to be the sun out and a tinted shield or cloudy and a clear shield on my helmet. That's all I had to worry about back then. Um, so things have changed a lot since I've talked to you guys, but uh, it's crazy to, to have somebody talk to me and remind me that I'm a team owner now in the NHRA. And not just that, but just a great, a great team and a great success that we've had already this season. So badass. Yes. Well, buddy, we always appreciate you taking time out. We know you've got tree problems outside. You got to go out there and <laughs> some damn trees, man. We know what's more important, bud. Hey, it's California, man. You got palm trees. We got to get those trimmed up. <laughs> or you look like I look like I'm in a ghetto, man. I got the one house with brown palm tree leaves <laughs> falling off of it. Yeah, you can't do that, man. Especially if you got an HOA, man. It'll be popping your ass. <laughs> Ron, thank you, buddy. Always good to talk to you, and I, I'm so happy I got the Speed Freak Mojo going into our playoffs. We've always talked about how, yep. you know, how it is, and uh, so I appreciate you guys having me on. Bam! Thanks, Ron. See ya.